Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. I'm going to miss this. It's like a, a, a daily honor hazing. <laughs> who is that guy? Yeah. Well, I don't know. He keeps air. he keeps calling in. He I'm keeps not calling? sure. Not sure who that is. He keeps calling in. He's got a vendetta. <sighs> Hi, DJ. Hi. You still work here? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Welcome back. I mean, that's what I meant to say. I've been gone two weeks. Did I miss anything? <laughs> huh? No. 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 Just business as usual. Business yeah. as usual. Yeah. So you may have heard I'm I'm starting that new superstore down in Burnsville that's going to be selling fax machines and pagers. Here's my, here's my reasoning for that. Vinyl came back. Vinyl is hot. Why not pagers? Why not fax machines? Maybe throw in a few 8-track tapes. I don't know. I may fail at that one. But it's good to be back. Good to be home and um yeah, so I was in Italy Last week, some friends invited me over. Uh, a friend of mine turned 50 what, three years ago, and it kept getting postponed because of COVID. We couldn't even get into the country. But this year, we pulled it off, and you can't get a bad meal or a bad glass of wine in Italy. It was it was stunning. If you get a chance, if you can only go to one place in Europe, even though I'm German, mostly German, um, go to Italy. They still kind of like Americans, and uh, most of them, many of them speak English, and it's just everywhere you turn, it's a postcard. And then, since Monday, I've been in Milwaukee, so I went from Cortona, Tuscany, to Milwaukee. That, that's a bit of a... Traded your wine glass in for a six-pack of Miller? Uh, Schlitz. <laughs> From the tap. It has to be from the tap. And I okay. discovered, by the way, did you know that the hops that power Wisconsin beers are from mm-hmm. Germany? Really? They used to be grown okay. in Wisconsin, but now I think they buy their hops from Germany. Wow. And, okay. Uh, I don't know. Just all kinds of weird trivia. After the third glass of beer, people start to open up. But I was at a weather conference, the uh, annual meteorology conference from the AMS, the American Meteorological Society, and I gave a presentation and there was a a segment on technology. Those of us dumb enough to launch weather graphic systems were were all together in one place. That's never happened before. So some of our fiercest competitors were up there and but it was good. It was it was interesting. I'm really torn up. I missed that. It sounds riveting. (laughs) Shut up. I was, I, I, I was back here, you know, and hanging out with my family and out on the lake and stuff. And you were in a stuffy conference room talking to scientists. I can't believe I missed that. A weather geek convention. <laughs> but look, I've been out of that world for, for a little while, the mm-hmm. TV meteorology thing. But it was nice to see some old friends and 
meet some new people and talk about the technology. Now, wait, when do I have to start calling you chief? Because you've got a new role here at WCCO. Is that right? Do I, do I call you chief now or wait till chief? next week? Yeah. How about only? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm okay with that. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to this new role, and uh, I really am. Somebody said to me when I was over in Italy, said, Paul, you can always make more money. You can't make more time. I don't want to be that guy that wakes up and he's 78 or 80 or 82 and there's some sort of physical malady and, you know, I can't travel anymore. So I, I'm going to take advantage of this time and grow my last company, Predictix, mm-hmm. seventh and last. No more. My wife has threatened to shoot me if I <laughs> try to launch any more companies. But that's going well and I want to be a part of that and I want to travel a little bit more and spend more time with family. Okay, fill people in a little bit. Next week will be your last week yeah, hosting week here today. in the afternoons, right? And then you'll transition into a role as a meteorologist here. What what is that going to look like? You know, I'm going to be on with Vanita at 7:30 every morning and with Jason every afternoon at 4:30 and on the big weather days I'll I'll be there. I may be on a beach. But I'll pretend I'm here. And and I'm not going anywhere. Minnesota is home. I'm not fleeing to Arizona or Florida, as tempting as that is in February. Uh, this is home. And my kids are here. Uh, my friends are here. My business is here. So this is where I want to uh, to be. But that said, I, I, I do want to see more of the nation, more of the world. And there's a lot of stuff still on my to-do list. But I will miss... Hanging out with Jor, and I'm going to miss – I'm even going to miss hanging out with you, DJ. Aw. Yeah. Well, a Just a little? Bit. Just a little? Just a little. <laughs> but uh, hopefully we can every now and then get together. And I'm, I'm thrilled that Jordana is on with Adam from 9 to noon. I was concerned about that. So that's great news. And we're going to get an update about Jordana. I think she's doing better. Her amazing husband – Mark Rosefield is going to be joining us at 4.05 with what I think, what I hope, will be some good news. In the meantime, Tim Lammers is joining us. He's up next. (laughs) Little in this world does. Buzz is one of the good guys. That was a clip from the new Pixar comedy adventure Lightyear with the voice of Chris Evans. Joining us now, the voice of Tim Lammers. I hope you like this one. Hey, Tim. Hey, Paul. Yes, I did like it. And it's very interesting, very creative, the way that Pixar went about this one. So at the beginning, they have a little preamble that says, uh, in 1995, uh, Andy, the kid in Toy Story, got an action figure of Buzz Lightyear based on his favorite movie. This is the movie that Andy likes. So all of a sudden, we're seeing the movie that inspired the action figure. So it's a prequel of sorts to Toy Story. So that's a good way to excuse the filmmakers, if you will, uh, for using Chris Evans' voice instead of uh, Tim Allen's voice. I almost said Tom Hanks. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, so basically a prequel story, you know, it's basically the guy behind the action figure. And, um, I have to tell you, Paul, first of all, seeing it in the, you know, big screen on a big screen, it's amazing that how far animation has come in about 30 years since that first toy story. And so that's something that you notice immediately. But what you also notice is that 
this story has as much I, I don't know what you want to call it, depth of meaning, whatever. It, 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 they, it's the same sort of quality. I mean, Pixar has delivered time after time after time with their films, and they continue to deliver, you know, 28 years later. Yeah, and, and it seems like this is one of those rare movies that adults can enjoy as much, maybe more, than their kids, right? Yeah, because, you know, look, you have the, the silly goings-ons that happen. You know, you have, uh, you know, Buzz Lightyear and his chief adversary, who is Emperor Zurg, who is Pixar's answer to Darth Vader, right? Uh-huh. You have those sorts of things, but they also, you know, question sort, you know, the sorts of things that adults face. Um, one is the, how rapidly time goes by. Um, in this film, what happens is, is Buzz Lightyear leads this uh, space crew of hundreds. Uh, they're in an interplanetary mission. The uh, ship that they're flying can't make it off the planet that they were examining. So now all of a sudden everybody has to put their nose to the grindstone. They have to figure out a way to achieve hyperspeed again. Hmm. Buzz takes um, test flights with one of the smaller spacecrafts trying to get off the planet, but every time he goes up, He's gone only four minutes, but because of time dilation and space, he comes back. Uh, the people that are on the planet have aged four years. So you take a few of those trips, time is going to fly by rapidly. So it just makes you think, just l- much in the same way of, you know, taking my then two-year-old son to see, light, to see Toy Story in 1995 to think that, oh, my God, it's almost 30 years later. So... Yeah, time does fly by, and, and it really makes you stop and, and sit back and reflect on the more precious things of life. Amen to that, brother. And you managed to work time dilation into a movie review. And that, uh, that's you know what? Cool. I never thought I would, and I honestly, unless I would have looked it up, I probably wouldn't even have known about it. I, I know, like in the movie Interstellar, they, they examined that concept, too, where they yeah. crashed on a planet, and all of a sudden it's, 20 years have passed by on Earth in, in the course of one hour on this other planet. So, yeah, time dilation. There you go. I hope that's right. Yeah. Hey, we'll go with it. Unless the listener go. corrects us. But uh, I want to tee up this next clip. This is from an independent comedy, Brian and Charles. My new project, I'm building a robot. Didn't look too bad, does he? I wonder what he'll do when I turn him on. You'd like me to give you a name? Tony? Charles? Charles. <laughs> Charles? Charles. You like that name, do you? Hello, Brian. Hello, Charles. It's lovely to meet you. This is incredibly overwhelming. Imagine me and you. So I'm not sure what to make of this. Is this a quirky British drama? You, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is, Paul. And uh, yeah, I mean, talking about all the money they probably poured in the light year, this is obviously a smaller film. It's about this guy named Brian who independ- uh, he um, invents this uh, intelligent robot named Charles. Basically, he combined a washing machine and uh, a mannequin head and uh, looks like, <laughs> like a little kid would make that Halloween costume, like put a box on the top of your body yeah. and cut holes out the side and walk around. That's what this robot looks like. But it's very intelligent and it needs to learn life lessons. So at first it starts off uh, behaving like a, a young child, then uh, kind of a belligerent tween, and then a rebellious teenager. Uh, so it's, again, full of quirky, uh, cheeky British humor. 
The one appeal for this, and the reason I wanted to see it is, and I know you've seen Afterlife, oh, yeah. Ricky, Ricky Gervais's amazing. wonderful series. There's a guy in there. He also plays Brian. His name is David Earl. He's in this film. He is Brian in this film. Oh. He's the one with the thick beard, yep. and he's yep. a pack rat. Yeah, mm-hmm. funny actor. And basically, it's the same role that he's playing here. So if you like him in Afterlife, you'll definitely like him here. So, yeah, it's just a weird independent ditty that I think works for the most part pretty well. I think it starts slow, but uh, it it definitely gets going and and has some meaning toward the end. Absolutely. And again, these are both in theaters, right? Lightyear and Brian and Charles. Okay. Brian and Charles have a lot fewer screens, about five screens in the Twin Cities area. So, you know, again, we know that everybody has different tastes. Not everybody wants the Pixar animated fair, you know, so you do have a choice of an independent film. You know, again, that's going to take you away just as much as Lightyear is going to take you away from the every, everyday doldrums. Tim Lammers, uh, appreciate the update. Thank you for teeing up some food for thought and uh, can't wait to get out into the theaters and aspire. I want to see Brian and Charles. That I find that intriguing. So thank you. Did you see Maverick yet? I have not. I'm waiting. We've been gone for two weeks. I'm just home. Thank God I got home. Yesterday was just a comedy of errors trying to fly home from, I, I saw from Milwaukee. Your, I saw your tweets. Well, <laughs> yeah. And look, I'm a fan of Delta, and look, they're having a rough patch right now. And sure. I hesitate even bringing it up, but I'm I'm just happy to be home. Um, but uh, I think a lot of travelers have similar stories right now across the board, not just Delta, but all the airlines. It's it's just it's a bit of a gong show out there right now. Sure. Well, you could have alleviated the pain if they would have been showing Top Gun Maverick on the in-flight movie. Yeah, I'm going to go see that with my <laughs> my youngest Definitely son. Definitely see it in theaters, though. Absolutely. Tim Lammers, thank you, and we'll catch you next week, next Tuesday. All right. Thank you, Paul. Thank yep. you. Have a great weekend. Oh, my. Joe Lindsley. Is he in Kiev? Ukraine? Uh, yeah, he was yesterday. Usually he's in Lviv, but yesterday he was in Kiev, and we'll have to find out when he joins us uh, next. He's usually in a bomb shelter. Well, we usually hear that. Like, what's Air sirens excuse? going yeah, on. The yeah. sirens going off. An update from Ukraine with uh, reporter extraordinaire Joe Lindsley coming up next on CCO. Paul Douglas back with you on a Friday. Father's Day coming up. Don't forget. Don't forget. Don't just send an email. That's so lame. Yeah, get at least a card. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Uh, Joe Lindsley has been breathing artillery and bullets and sirens to give us updates from pretty close to the front line of the battles going on right now in Ukraine. Joe Lindsley joining us right now. Welcome back, my friend. Paul, great to see you. Good evening from Kiev. Uh, for those watching on the live stream, it's a little dark because it's after the curfew hour. Most of the city, the capital city of three million people, uh, you keep the lights off. Uh, Kiev is a, it's always was a 24-hour city before the war. And uh, uh, 
there's a curfew at eight, but really from about uh, sorry, a curfew at eleven, but really from about eight p.m. the streets become almost dead silent, and uh, it's quite a jarring, uh, you know, to, to see a city that was full of so much life before the war, uh, and and now it's filled with checkpoints uh, everywhere you go. Uh, this is my first time in Kiev since the war began. And obviously, life's a lot better here than it was in the first weeks when everyone thought it might fall to the Russians. But it is very much a different atmosphere. Joe, why are you in Kiev? Normally, you report out of Lviv. I know you've been moving all around the country, but why in Kiev? And are there still bombardments? Are you suffering through any missile attacks, or are things quiet for the moment? Uh, there have been no attacks here in Kiev since I arrived a few days ago. But I, I left Lviv. Uh, it's hard to remember. I think at the end of May. Uh, to deliver supplies around the country uh, and and to be able to report and to see the situation uh, from from west to east and so I think last I spoke with you we were in Nikopol uh, which uh, is on the Dnipro River and across the river we could see the the land that the Russians occupy including the nuclear power plant the largest in Europe and then after that we went further into in, into Donetsk uh, quite in, in, into the, the the very territory now where the the biggest battle is raging. Uh, the, that battle is in the city of Severodonetsk. We were nearby in a city called Bakhmut, uh, where uh, we, we, we were delivering the supplies to the few people remaining there while bombardments continued all around the city, uh, just a few kilometers away. Uh, and even as we were driving through that countryside, uh, everything was on edge. At one point, uh, two jets flew over our heads, uh, our crew that was driving uh, about 75 feet above us. Uh, later, we saw reports that Russians are flying extremely low to avoid detection by Ukrainian air defense. Uh, and it's uh, it's it, it, at, at every checkpoint we went to, uh, the Ukrainian soldiers would say to us, looking beyond the road, uh, you know, Godspeed and good luck at good luck out there because it gets more and more uh, dangerous and and really see the, the difficulty of this. It's, right now, it, it's really an artillery fight. Uh, between Ukrainians and Russians at that point. And unfortunately, the Russians are steadily making gains uh, in these little cities where they, they have focused their resources. And and to that point, Joe, I, I keep hearing reports. I know you're getting a lot of arms, uh, howitzers from the United States, other arms and ammunition from our NATO allies in Europe. Is there a shortage right now of ammunition? It's... It, 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 it can be a difficult thing to figure out. I think there, there is uh, there's enough ammunition for the military to keep fighting. The, the shortage seems to be when it comes to training. Uh, and, and training has been a big problem here. And so the, the training has been a bit ill-equipped. I was speaking yesterday with uh, two British warriors who are here to fight and, and to train Ukrainians. Uh, they were on a, a, a sort of a, break, a little break here in, in Kiev, and they were describing the scene uh, at the front in, in Donetsk. They said the Ukrainians are not short of courage. That's not never been the problem. I think the world sees that. But they, the word they use, they need, they're short of understanding. They need tactical guidance and help uh, and, and better weapons. And there's still one of the main things Ukraine has been calling for is, is tanks, tanks from Germany and from the United States. And this has been that has been the sort of weaponry that uh, that even President Macron of France admitted when he was in Kiev a couple of days ago, or I guess it was yesterday. Uh, uh, that NATO has been unwilling to send that level of heavy machinery because they are afraid of further provoking Moscow. And so I, I heard these stories yesterday from, from the British warriors of being in the trenches in Donetsk with the Ukrainians. And, and the foreign fighters told me 
that you, the Ukrainians are fully capable of an offensive against the Russians, but they, 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 they overestimate the Russians right now. They don't, in a sense, believe enough in themselves, not that they're afraid, uh, and they just need better training and better weapons. And he says with that right now, the Russians are not yet learning from their mistakes, according to these guys, and Ukrainians really could make a push, but they need that help. Well, it's turning into a war of attrition, as many analysts predicted it would. And who's going to, you know, can Ukraine hang in there long term? When I think about the resistance, I think gritty determination. Um, Has the mood of the people and the fighters changed? Uh, Talk a little bit about the ethos and, and how people are feeling right now. Well, I, when I was in Donetsk, we, we uh, took supplies to sort of a, a supply depot, a little camp a few miles from, from the front. And uh, we, we sat there. Uh, the soldiers offered us nice hospitality, and, and they, were, they were speaking quite honestly. Uh, while we're surrounded by uh, 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 armored personnel carriers and trucks that were been riddled with bullets while they were delivering guys to the front. Uh, and there, there was a resilience. There, 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 Part of it, they no one they, they know they won't give up. So there's a resilience from that. But uh, there is uh, there's there's a tiredness and, and and there's a recognition that that the, this the idea of the war of attrition. You know, Russia, the largest country in the world with immense resources. That the longer this goes on, it will Ukraine will be drained of its resources, and the world the world will lose interest and support. And already we've seen because of the the blockade of, of Odessa. You know, Ukraine exports before the war so much grain, for example, to the world. Fifty percent of the, the food for the United Nations World Hunger Program came from Ukraine. Uh, but instead of uh, pressuring Russia, world leaders are starting to pressure Ukraine to negotiate because of the food shortage uh, and because of gas prices. And, and there's many believe and Ukrainians believe that Putin and or those around him, Putin was always a great chess player knew this from day one, that, that you would get to this point where the, where the world would start to pressure Ukraine. And that's why, for example, the surprise visit of Macron was important yesterday because President Macron of France has been urging Ukraine to give up a little bit, to surrender a little bit and to negotiate. And yesterday, President Zelensky brought him to the Kiev suburbs, which have been absolutely devastated. And there's a photograph of Macron, and he, he looks a bit different staring at, at the, the carnage uh, outside of Kiev. And so there's a hope maybe that people, some European leaders will start to wake up. Uh, Boris Johnson came here today and Zelensky has said that, you know, he has been one of the biggest supporters uh, uh, of this country. But uh, uh, this, people are tired, Paul. Yeah, very tired. I can't, I can't begin to, to imagine how weary you must be. Um, thank you uh, again for your relentless reporting and upbeat attitude. I don't know. I think I'd be curled up in the fetal position in the corner of a bomb shelter, but uh, I'm, I'm amazed you're out and about. You're exposing yourself to, to great risk, just covering these stories. And uh, Joe Linsley, we, sh- we so appreciate you and your team. Mention again for listeners where they can see your reports. At uh, ukrainianfreedomnews.com. And uh, you can follow us there. And we also welcome support to help us deliver uh, you know, small batch supplies to get helmets and uh, first aid kits and uh, bulletproof vest to soldiers at the front lines. Joe Lindsley, hang in there. Be safe, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Good night. You bet. When we come back, uh, 
a bit of travel drama if you're flying. Something that Delta is doing right now made me scratch my head. Uh, we'll have that when we come back on CCO. Paul, back with you. Yesterday I spent a lot of time at the Milwaukee Mitchell International Airport. And look, we all have bad days. Whatever company you're involved with, you're going to have bad days. But it seems like a lot of people who are flying these days are running into trouble. I had no issues getting to Italy and back. Getting home from Milwaukee (laughs) turned out to be a bit of a nightmare. But, you know... Sometimes I think sometimes it's God tapping you on the shoulder saying, yeah. you know what? You are not in control. Yeah. And and here is a 401 level <laughs> crash course in patience. You know, I'm kind of happy that happened to you because I, I think in my 12 years here at CCO, I've had that happen three times where I've gotten stuck traveling somewhere and right. and missed my responsibilities here. So, you know, three times in 12 years, I guess that's okay. But uh, I kind of like that it happened to somebody else. Well, thank you, I think. <laughs> and and look, it wouldn't have been as big a deal. I, I had the radio show yesterday afternoon, so I missed that. Uh, Shaletta, God bless her, yep. filled in, did a great job. But um, anyway, I found it interesting. Pilots for Delta wrote an open letter to customers published yesterday saying the large number of recent flight delays, cancellations, and cuts were unacceptable. And they were flying a record amount of overtime to help you get to their destination. Their words. At the current rate, by this fall, our pilots will have flown more overtime in 2022 than all of 2018 and 2019 combined. Our busiest years to date, the pilots wrote in the letter. We empathize and share in your frustration over the delays, cancellations, and disrupted travel plans you've experienced. We agree it's unacceptable. Then I went back and I found a May 26th press release. Delta announced it would reduce its services by about 100 daily flights between July 1st and August 7th. So that hasn't even kicked in. And I'm trying to wrap my brain around this. Why, at a time when demand is going up, everybody wants to fly now, make up for lost time, why are they cutting flights? I I don't pretend to know. But... um, I mean, part of it, I think, is staffing, and the other part is that airlines are unwilling, because of tighter margins and the higher gas prices, airlines are unwilling to fly half-empty or half-full planes. So, When's the last time you were on a half-empty plane? It's man, been a while. Yeah, a long time. It's been years. Yeah, a long time. Pre-COVID, maybe, but now every seat is yeah, taken. And, I mean, for me, it was a flight in Virginia that got to LaGuardia five hours late, and it yeah. causes a, a chain reaction. But right? I guess it's cheaper for them to deal with that than to send a bunch of half-full planes that they're not getting full revenue for. So again, learn from my mistakes. Yesterday, I took the second flight out mm-hmm. of Milwaukee. Should have taken the first. Always. And, and yeah, you have to get up 5 a.m., 6 a.m., suck it up. If you're the first flight out, you've got, a I think, got a, a much better, better shot. shot. Yeah. At yep. getting to your destination. Yes, indeed. I'm just happy my luggage got here. I'm happy I got here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, anyway, as you plan your summer travel plans, just uh, build a, a plan B and a plan C. And, you know, light some incense. A prayer wouldn't hurt. <laughs> when we come back, an update on Jordana from 
Mark, her husband. I think she's having a better day. We'll have that next on CCO. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.